Well, these could be. So I have lifestyle biohacks and okay. then I have like treatment biohacks. Okay, give us so I'll do lifestyle. the lifestyle yeah, biohacks first. Number one, we just mentioned it, is nutrition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like your body, you are what you eat. Yeah, totally. Right? And your body is working on that biochemistry. Like you got to think everything in your body was built. So besides what mom did for you in womb, it's come from what you've eaten. Mm -hmm. So I always tell people, do you want to be a deep fried, never seen the daylight chicken ball? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love that. Welcome to Let's Not Sugarcoat It, a podcast about the real, raw, and unfiltered side of motherhood. We're your hosts, Bella, Alex, and Amy. Let's get into it, ladies. Okay, well, good morning, everybody. We have Dr. Brett Phillips in studio today, our first male guest of the season. This first but not last. That's right. Um, Dr. Brett is a naturopathic doctor for the last for the past fifteen years. Okay, so I am reading his bio in his writing. So if there's any mistakes, (laughs) it's not on me today. (laughs) He lives in Kelowna with his four children. I love these names: Maximus, Theodore, Athena. And Atticus. Oh, I love it. Wow. Wow. Talk about setting him up for success. uh, I know, right? Uh, His naturopathic practice is a holistic approach of mind, body, spirit, and spirit medicine. He treats all ages and concerns using education and knowledge as the tools to fuel change. He believes your quality of life is a product of who you hang out with. Mm -hmm. I second that. Mm -hmm. And your daily habits. He teaches the foundations of healthy diet, daily exercise, living mindful, mindfulness, I'm going to assume, and getting restful sleep. Along with that, he implements various biohacks that his, at his clinics, such as IV therapy, regenerative, regenerative, okay, regenerative injections, uh, therapy, supplements, and herbal medicines, traditional Chinese medicine, and acupuncture. I love acupuncture. Uh, just a few people didn't know. Uh, <laughs> as well as naturopathic adjustments. I mean, I'm into this like bubbles. I'm telling you. It's really one, good. two sips, no, no breakfast. It's all good. Uh, so as well as naturopathic adjustments, similar to that to a chiropractor. Uh, he, he himself embodies these practices as he believes leading by example for his family, his patients, and his community. Welcome, Dr. Brad. Welcome. 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 You've already won us over because you brought flowers. Yeah. 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 Already yeah. Good book. Yeah. I know him for us flowers. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like that. The only thing is you only brought one, so we'll have to divide that bouquet. <laughs> we'll just leave it at your house. So we'll this is over, we're going to all have them in our hair. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he can oh. throw it like a bride style. Or we could just put it on your back porch and we'll go to her porch. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. In her office there for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, welcome, Dr. Brett. Yes, do tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself, your your practice, you know, what makes you tick, uh, and go. Okay. Well, again, thank you for having me on the show. I'm I'm very excited to be here and I'm excited that I'm the first male Mm -hmm. on the show. And I think of myself as like the super dad. And I know you're all moms here talking about mom stuff. So I'm glad that I get to come in and bring in a male perspective. So I'm, yes. I'm excited to see what comes at me and, uh, and I won't yeah. sugarcoat it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, like I said, I have four kids and my life really uh, revolves around my children. Um, we're always having a good time. It's like my house is a constant celebration of, of fun. 
and um, and and I'm a naturopathic doctor. So I feel very like fortunate and grateful to have um, found naturopathic medicine. I went to school for a very long time before I discovered what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I think I had two degrees. I had a science degree and an education degree before I realized I wanted to be a naturopathic doctor. And it was like the second I found it, mm-hmm. it was like a shining light came oh. down from heaven and was like, ah, here's your calling. <laughs> this is what you were born <laughs> you to. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And I was, you know, I was very much raised in a household that believed in sort of holistic medicine. And my dad was a psychologist counselor. And, and I learned early on that actually communication and talking and listening is a huge part of medicine. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, and so when I found naturopathic medicine, what I discovered was um, I have, you know, been given this gift, uh, multiple gifts, but one to get to help people mm-hmm. and get to really listen and spend time. It's pretty precious when I look at my practice now and everybody that comes in basically becomes like family and friends. Mm-hmm. Like we create this relationship that's so beautiful and safe that people can actually share. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge part of why, you know, my practice is successful is um, there's no judgment. (laughs) (laughs) There's no sugarcoating it. And, uh, you know, and so therefore um, I've really had that pleasure to, you know, been in this community practicing for 15 years. And, um, and I love it too, that I constantly get to be applying this to my family and my children. Mm -hmm. Like as I'm sharing all the time, whenever I do posts or do things like this, I think my kids are going to listen to this, Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I want them to learn and Mm -hmm. also lead by example. Mm -hmm. Sure. That's awesome. Yeah. It it is like, I was drawn to naturopathic, um, healing, I guess. And, and the, the way of medicine, because, you know, you go to a regular doctor and it's like, you only have two concerns. Mm-hmm. You have 10, 15 minutes. If you want to discuss anything else, you need to book another appointment. And it's mm-hmm. like, wow, I like literally just made this time because we're all busy, mm-hmm. right? And I need to get this out. I don't want to be coming and making 500 different appointments because, you know, I have, you know, something going on that's not within that box mm-hmm. and time frame, right? Mm-hmm. So I do appreciate a little bit more holistic, natural way of living because I mean, that's how it was before. I mean, not that, you know, Western fam- family, Western uh, medicine, there's been awesome advancements and, mm-hmm. you know, overall the population seem to have gotten better. We live longer, but I feel like now we're over medicated mm-hmm. and now it's, you know, kind of taking and a step back to a little bit more holistic yeah. and natural. I ways think of what's being. happened, and again, I don't, I don't, um, not conventional medicine. It's helped me. It's helped my mm-hmm. family. There's a great place for it, you know, especially in acute medicine, mm-hmm. right? You break your arm. <laughs> don't come yeah. to my clinic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? <You're> what? <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can do a little bit, but yeah. you're going to have to get you to the hospital. You need a cast. Um, but, uh, but for these chronic conditions, these life mm-hmm. conditions, like, what I've learned is stress has a huge factor mm-hmm. to play on a lot of health conditions. Mm-hmm. And oh my goodness, believe it or not, food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What you eat has a huge role in how you, uh, if you live a healthy life or you're trying to heal. Like 
there, there's a huge gap missing in our conventional medicine around nutrition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're always I know, I remember, saying that with hair. I know. Well, I always, I remember saying to my my doctor at one point, I mean, I haven't been to a doctor in years. Don't come for me. But I don't, <laughs> even, like, I don't go unless I'm bleeding from the head. But um, I remember saying to my doctor at one point, I'm like, geez, at this rate, you guys could do drive-through. Like it was so quick and so fast. And I don't even think she looked at me, you know? And I was like, holy cow, this is crazy. I don't, I give them credit in the sense that they are doing the best they can too. You know, they're overworked. They've got tons of patients. Like everybody's, you know, the system is is faulty in that regard. But I will say this, uh, I'm a hairstylist and uh, so kind of like a therapist. And I would listen to my clients tell me about, you know, their, their chronic conditions and going to the doctor and not once, like I would say, did your doctor ask you, you know, what you're eating or what you're sleeping or are you working out or, you know, there was none of that. There was no assessing your lifestyle. And that is the big gap that I think mm-hmm. is missing. And mm-hmm. maybe they just don't have time. I don't know. Well, it know. is time, yeah. right? Yeah. Time and money. Yeah, yeah. The way the, way the, the government runs the system, it yeah. forces them into a model of yeah. needing to put people through because they're running a business yeah. too, right? Yeah. Um, but also the tools in their toolkit. Like, I feel like I got this massive toolkit yeah. to help people. Whereas, again, many conventional practices, the toolkit's very small. It's basically mm-hmm. a prescription. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if there's not a drug for it, then... You know, and they're treating disease. It's like, to your point, one of my guiding practices is prevention. So what I would say to someone like you is you come in when you are well. Yeah. And we run preventative lab work because I can take a look at that and be like, look it, it's not broken, but it's Mm. pushing a boundary. Mm -hmm. So maybe we should do this, that, and the other so that it doesn't get broken. Yeah. Yeah, that's smart. Right? So we'll be seeing you out next week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, we're we're looking for like, yeah. Yeah. Like, Okay, like what's the yeah. what are you doing after yeah. the show? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's run some IVs, exactly. baby. <laughs> so give us a couple, and this is probably not a quick, easy thing, but give us a couple things that you sort of seem to be like a, a blanket sort of uh, strategy for success for people, like in the sense, like things that we can all do mm-hmm. that would help everybody. Mm-hmm. Would these be the biohacks? Well, these could be. So I have lifestyle biohacks and okay. then I have like treatment biohacks. Okay, give us so I'll do lifestyle. the lifestyle yeah, biohacks lifestyle. first. Number one, we just mentioned it, is nutrition. Yeah. Like your body, you are what you eat. Yeah, totally. Right? And your body is working on that biochemistry. Like you got to think everything in your body was built. So besides what mom did for you in womb, it's come from what you've eaten. Mm. So I always tell people, do you want to be a deep fried, never seen the daylight chicken ball? <laughs> right? Oh my gosh, I love That's that. Funny. Then, then eat it, right? Yeah. But if you want to be lean and mean and have a clear mind, you got to be fueling yourself properly. Yeah. And so one of the biggest things that I think is uh, dumbfounding me in our culture is that we spray poison on our food designed to kill living things. And it's invisible, so we think it's okay to eat it. So trying to be as organic as possible. Mm. Now, I say as possible because it's not possible to be completely organic, but trying not to because we have this microbiome, all this gut flora in our gut, and there's more DNA in our gut than in our whole body of, of microorganisms that do many things for us. Gets rid of toxins, makes certain hormones, makes certain vitamins, turns on enzymes, gets rid of toxins, kills bugs, like... We have this symbiotic relationship with it. So I believe when you have good, strong gut health, that's a massive plus in like performing well and being well overall. Right. When people come into my practice and they have various concerns, whether it's cancer, autoimmune disease, fatigue, pain, 
if their gut health is off and they don't even, they don't mention it till I come around to the question. The first thing I treat is their gut mm. and that's with good nutrition and clean food. So right. additives, preservatives, texturizers, emulsifiers, dyes, colorings, out. like that stuff is not real food, right? Yeah. So right. get the funky junk out. Number one. Yeah. Okay. Number two, daily activity. Yeah. It, you know, it, ideally you would be getting some cardio in, so you're pushing your heart and some weight bearing exercise. So you're stressing your muscles. Because when you do that consistently, what starts to happen is your body produces things called endorphins and enkephalons, which is what makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. So you're feeling good, which is great, right? Plus also uh, testosterone and, and anabolic hormones, which is not just about sex, which everyone thinks it is. <laughs> it's actually motivation and passion. So when your testosterone levels are up, you're motivated, you're passionate, you're excited, you're going, right? So life flows easier. Three. I think when I said mindfulness there in the in the bio, what I talk about there is like consciously being aware of your mind and what it's doing and what mm -hmm. it's saying to you. Mm -hmm. And there's ways of paying attention to it. Number one, becoming aware of your thoughts. And then there's ways of programming it for success. Mm -hmm. So one of my practices is waking up in the morning, what I want to do is I want to turn and look at my phone and see my likes. <laughs> you know? Oh, oh wow, everybody <laughs> likes me. Popular. Um, but what I do now is, and, and again, I'm not perfect, but I'm trying, is I wake or watching the news. Oh my God, the worst. Yeah. So what I do now is I wake up, I might turn on the fireplace or look out at the view, light a candle in the winter, and I give myself 10 minutes of gratitude. Mm, and I yes. run through the list, you know, from being alive today to having eyes that can see, ears that can hear music, you know. Um, food taste that I can taste food to like health of my children, health of my patients, health of my family, to my collection of motorcycles I love to ride, my snowboards, my mm -hmm. skis. So starting that 10 minutes and for everybody out there, the key to really getting it to sink from your conscious brain into your subconscious brain is putting an emotion to it. Mm -hmm. When you feel an emotion with these, with these, um, affirmations or whatever you want to call it, um, that's what makes it sink in there. I think of them like seeds. I'm like planting a vineyard back there, mm. right? And I'm pulling out the weeds, all the trauma stuff from childhood. Like the stuff that's stuck in there, those negative tapes, we're attached to emotion too. And it's usually yeah, fear, totally. right? Yeah, yeah. You're a bad girl. Yeah. You know, co you're going to give COVID to your family. <laughs> you're going to kill them all. Um, so, so you need to reprogram that stuff. So yeah. I think getting a good mindset, I do gratitude in the middle of the day. I try to do positive affirmations. Um, if anybody's like watching what I'm doing right now on social media, I'm doing Dr. Brett's personal transformation program. Mm. And I don't know where it came from. I was just in the laundry room one day doing laundry. I thought, <laughs> I'm going to talk to myself in the mirror and pump myself up. And that'll be everything. <laughs> so I do these laundry room diaries where I'm like, I'll have to get like, a mirror in my laundry room. Yeah. <laughs> where I'm like, yeah. Me. Yo, Dr. Brett, you're looking good today, buddy. <laughs> you know, you're a good dad. You're a great dad. You're a good human. You're a yeah. good person. So again, you don't have to feel emotion to every verse, but I just think of the love of my children. That's mine yeah. throughout the whole thing. And then, yeah. um, and then in the evening, I practice just being. Try to belly breathe and not think. Try to get into that gap between thoughts. It's yeah. so powerful to be able to turn off your thoughts it actually generates this like reservoir of calm energy, which is just like unheard of. Like a lot of people are like, Dr. Brad, why are you always so calm and cool? 
And it's like, because I work on it. Right. This doesn't happen. It's because I consciously make effort, right? Yeah. Like if you want to have biceps, you got to do push-ups. Right. If you want to have that a calm, sense. cool mind, you got to work on mindfulness. Yeah. I love that. That's and I'd such say, a good point. I'd say there's other biohacks, but the other one I just really want to make mention of because it's super important is restful sleep. Mm. Oh, I'm bad at that one. You know, yeah. really yeah. getting to get into those deep stages of sleep because that's when you repair and regenerate and heal. Mm-hmm. So if we're not sleeping well, we're burning through the tanks, right? And we're not getting to replenish those tanks, which can be, um, you know, a huge loss. Mm-hmm. So figuring out tricks to getting us to sleep well. So, so tell us so how, how, do we sleep? Sleep? Wow. Yeah. how do you sleep? How do you sleep when yeah. you have in the middle of the night, two children, two kittens and a husband who snores <laughs> get you a restful sleep well, without leaving my bed? <laughs> you get yourself in the house. First off, I don't have a husband that snores, so I don't know that. <laughs> we did try the breathing, but it's not working. Yeah. The um, you know what? I would say the best remedy for good sleep is that daily exercise. Yeah. So if you're pushing yourself hard enough, what happens is people that are light sleepers, what's happening is not that they can't sleep. It's not, they're not getting into the deep stages of sleep. And because they're not getting to the deep stages and they're up on the surface, that's why they're hearing everything, right? Mm-hmm. And waking up. Because believe me, someone could be snoring beside me. There could be a dog on the bed. There could be a kid talking to me and I'm still sleeping. Because yeah. <laughs> you tired yourself I think that call, quieting the mind thing though is helpful Oh, so too, that's right? what I do before bed. So yeah. my like 10 minute practice before bed is not, well, I don't watch any TV to be honest, but it's not staring at my phone or right. whatever, but it's learn, going into silence. Mm-hmm. So belly breathing, trying to find that space between my thoughts, you know, when folks as focusing on my breath. You know, and just being like letting go of the day and not thinking about tomorrow. And what happens is sometimes those thoughts do creep back in, right? Like mm-hmm. all of a sudden I'll hear a truck drive by and I'll be like, oh, wonder if it's a black truck. Oh, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know? But what I do is when I notice it, I just have compassion. I don't beat myself up. I let it go and I come back to the breath. And again, does it happen overnight? No. I've been doing it for like 20 years. And guess what? There's nights where I just barely can shut that voice up. Mm, yeah. There's other times where I can totally quiet it. But when you get, when you tend to your vineyard all the time, you know, it starts growing those grapes really nice. And I yeah. like that analogy. Mind, yeah. I quiet my mind by putting a he- headphone she in. She listens to murder to go to sleep. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening to murder, Mr. And uh, dark (laughs) histories, whatever. So yeah, I'm like a wealth of knowledge. I can tell you about different things that happen in the world. (laughs) But I don't know. There's one podcast I listen to. Her voice uh, soothes me. Even though she's talking about murder and all this, <laughs> she's just planting those seeds. I don't seeds. know. She's planting those seeds. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Do you sleep well? No, <laughs> I do sleep well, but I do sleep well. I only like I wake up when some other podcast comes on because like she has like ninety some episodes and I've busted through all of them and, and they're just like on repeat, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, but I, that's another way of coming. It's just like just listening, listening to, to murder somebody. People. Find, yeah, just. <laughs> Well, not quite like that. I know because I remember. I remember when we shared that room, and I said, "Oh, I'm sorry. I had to get up earlier than her." And I said, "Oh, I'm sorry. Did I wake up?" She's like, "No, I am knee deep in a serial killer." Because <laughs> 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 I, I, I didn't hear anything. I'm like, I don't "What? Know. I got, you got to be prepared. You got to be prepared for anything. <laughs> <laughs> All the scenarios. She's like every subconscious murder <laughs> scene is in her mind. So she's well, this is why you're a good friend to have because <laughs> you're going to be that friend that's like, it's you're like, going to oh, help shit, us get right. I did something. What yeah. do we do? Let me." 
pull it out. Get rid of your yeah, body. Yeah. yeah. Handgun under the pillow. Yeah. yeah. I saw this one. I know exactly what to do, how we're going to get yeah. away with it and get rid That's of the right. body. Break <laughs> yeah. the tape. That's good. <laughs> oh. oh my okay. gosh. I feel like that was a lot of like Info. knowledge in a yeah. small amount. Of, wow. You are a wealth of knowledge. I love it. So many Tell things. Tell us about the super dadding that you were yeah, telling us so you about. Have four kids. Four ages. Kids. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Atticus. Just because you like the names, I'll tell you the middle names. Yeah. Atticus Alexander Richard. Oh, I like it. Yeah, he's 12, turning 13 next month. Wow. Um, or oh, sorry, no, he's no. 11, <laughs> turning 12. <laughs> You're not a teenager yet, Atticus. Um, Athena Maria Paulina. She wow. is uh, 14, turning 15 next month. Wow. Theodore Xavier is 17. And uh, Maximus Amadeus is 19. Maximus. Okay, so- there's a song. Amadeus. Amadeus, Amadeus, Amadeus. No? So now what are the what are the nicknames for these? Because I know probably Max and yeah. what Max, is, like Theo. Theo. Theo, yeah. Big T. What about Thea? You call um, Athena? Athena, the most beautiful girl in my yeah. life. Oh. What a, that is such a power it's name. Such a if name. I could go oh, yeah. back and rename. Anyways, I'm She's, thinking of changing my name to Athena. Carry on. <laughs> Well, it's the goddess of wisdom and war, right? She is. She's all power. And when you have a name like that, you just command a room. And can you imagine this beautiful girl with three brothers? Yeah. She does command. She doesn't have to even say anything. Yeah. She just just looks at them. She's going to be CEO. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Atticus is either Addy, yeah, like or he, he like so he get we gotta remember he's got older siblings and yeah. we're a free spirited house with lots of gangster rap going on so <laughs> <laughs> his, his nickname is Little Cuss. <laughs> Like little nasty. <laughs> he definitely cusses. Uh, oh my god, oh, that's so cute. I love that you are so fun. I I was thinking the other day about myself and parenting. I'm like, I'm not that fun anymore. Do you know why? Either. I because we have to be the terrorists. I we know. have to be the somebody has to parent, and then I the know. fun dads show yeah, up, and they get all the glory. Kidding. I'm a single yeah. dad. So I'm always, it. Like always loved every. Like it seems like you love hanging out with your kids. You said you took them to Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. You love spending time with your kids. Have every stage have you been like this? Like, tell me more. How like, can do you I do drugs? Love What's your story? <laughs> <laughs> and if you do, can we have some? Like multivitamins yeah. and fish yeah. oils and like, like B vitamins. Yeah. Um, you know what? I um, a couple of things. One, I one of my guiding principles is perception dictates reality. Mm. So I remember when Maximus was born, you know, I was very young and a lot of people around me like, oh my goodness, Brett's having a child. (laughs) (laughs) And and you know what? I looked at it and I thought, this is the greatest thing that, oh, actually, you know what? I was looking at going to naturopathic medicine because I had him in my first semester, first year. And I talked to the other lady who was a year ahead of me in the doctor program. And she looked at me and she said, this is going to be the best thing that ever happened to you. And that sunk in. And so my perspective ever since is this mm. is the best thing that ever happened to me. And truly, it's been the best thing that's ever happened to me. That's mm. fun. Um, so I have enjoyed it through all stages. You know, there's obviously ups and downs and there's certain challenges. Um, but what I did because we were young having babies is I always included my kids in everything. Mm. So like, I mean, everything. So, well, not everything. But I remember like I would be like, I would have like, um, you know, 
let's say, did you, anyone know Center of Gravity? It was a concert series that was going on here. And I knew the guy throwing the party and he wanted to get IVs for his staff. So I was like, I negotiated like VIP backstage passes for my kids. I'm like, okay, but my kids are coming, <laughs> so, you know? And so we just, though I parent, we created a friendship too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love it because it's an open door. We talk about everything. Like, you know, you're not getting in trouble. But we do have some like key rules, right? Yeah. No pills, no powders, you know, don't drink and drive. <laughs> Smart, yeah. Don't drive with anyone that has been drinking, um, you know, protect yourself when you're like, when you're that age and the intimacy starting to happen, be smart like that. So oh, I hit the key things home and it's like, I consciously make an effort to try to get, and it's challenging when you have four kids, but get on one-on-one time mm-hmm. and I ask the big questions and I, again, you don't get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Right. What you get is you get loving, thoughtful, considerate responses and advice. Yeah. But if you, uh, there is consequences if you are like really screwing up. But so far, right. it seems like um, they get the bigger picture. So I've been fortunate. It kind of sounds like you really are just letting your kids be who they are, which is the key, right? I was listening to um, my favorite person, Dr. Shafali Zabari this morning. Oh, I love her. And um, she was talking about how if we could just love our kids a little less and just try to control them a little less. Like we get tripped up when we try to control the trajectory of their lives unless, totally. instead of just guiding them, yeah. right? Well, that's where, um, again, I learned early on about the authentic self. Yeah. And I'm always trying to practice to be my own, own authentic self. And because I'm aware of it, I can see other people, yeah. you know, not on their path. And so I want my kids to be authentic, you know, obviously guided in mm-hmm. like right and wrong, you know, good morals and values, but also like, you know, be you, do you like, you know, you don't have to like change yourself for anybody. Right. And if somebody's trying to change you and you feel you know, come talk to me and we'll talk to him. So again, I'll be the dad that goes into the school that talks to the teacher, the principal, the counselor and be like, look at this is my kid. Love it or leave it. Like as long as he's not hurting anybody, stealing from anybody, you know, lying, then let him be. He wants to work out in the gym and you're trying to tell him he can't like, (laughs) you know, so I think that's a big piece of it is really actually letting them be them with some guidance. So like I'm trying to, with all my kids, encourage them to, to get some sort of continuing education after high school. Yeah. But I'm not saying go be a doctor or lawyer. I'm saying, look at, see how we're all skiing today. (laughs) If dad dad didn't go to school, we wouldn't be skiing. Yeah. You'd be watching them ski. Yeah. Yeah. Pick your lifestyle and then do it So think about that, right? So how long have you been doing, how long have you been a single dad? Did you have them when they were little, little by yourself? No, no. Um, Me and uh, their mother were together for 18 years. Yeah. So, uh, I've had, I've been three years now by myself. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we do share. So it's 50, 50. So I do have a, which was actually the biggest, scariest part for me with separation. Mm -hmm. I wanted to, I, I was staying with the one person because I was worried about losing the four people Mm -hmm. half the time at least. Right. And, um, that was really, really the hardest thing for me was thinking about losing my children part-time, yeah. losing part of their lives, not seeing them grow up. But the radical, awesome, amazing thing that I've learned is, number one, that time alone now is very precious <laughs> yeah. and appreciated um, to regroup. But also, I'm never alone. Like, I can text them now with their phones. I can talk to them every day. I can FaceTime them every day. Yeah. We Snapchat every day. You should see my my snap scores way up. 
Um, well, that's all you ever need. Yeah, you're in. And, um, and frankly, like, I... I've kept a very amicable relationship with the mother too, Good. Um, which was a conscious effort mm-hmm. and a choice, yeah. right? Um, so that like the other day I want to go for a motorcycle ride. I, I didn't want to go by myself. So I snapped daddy, Atticus, let's go for a ride. Sweet. So I go over to his mom's, pick him up, go for a ride, draw him back off at his mom's. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so was yeah. it, when you were getting divorced, um, was it, did it affect the children at the beginning, because obviously like going through divorce is never mm-hmm. easy. Yeah. And, you know, how, like how did it affect your children? Like you're in a better state now, but I'm yeah, just yeah, assuming yeah. that it wasn't. All- you know what? I uh, The hardest day of my life was the day we sat down and told my children that we were separating. Mm-hmm. And I remember bawling my eyes out, like literally like gasping for air. And my son Theo came over and he held me and he said, Dad, it's going to be okay. <laughs> he said, I'm always going to be your son. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and held me. And and truthfully, like, the kids adjusted, like, better than I did at first. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and it wasn't actually till more recently where... I'll just, sorry, Theo, I'm throwing you under the bus here, but <laughs> where he, you know, I was having some agitation towards his mother and voicing it in the kitchen. And all of a sudden I saw him tearing up and he was having a hard time with the separation and it's been a few years mm-hmm. now. And so I went and I held him and I said, Theo, you're always going to be my son. <laughs> and don't you, so don't just, you love those moments? You just know you're doing a, you're, that's the moments, you know, you're doing a good job, yeah. you know? You're like we're doing something right here, right? Yeah. When he comes over and comforts you. Oh man, it was it was a pretty pretty rad moment actually, but um, you know they seem to adjusted really well. The hardest part for me is kind of seeing them like living out of a suitcase. Yeah. I hate that too. You know, and I'm like, what the hell? Like this is sucks. Yeah. You know, um, I wish it didn't have to be that way, but I do think it's better now for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Kids are resilient. You know, it, what it'll, it'll make them stronger, you know, well, it's, um, yeah. Also I taking think, the higher road with yes. the partner, with yeah. the ex. To change the like, pattern or whatever. Yeah. Well, just not like, I mean, you can make everybody's life hell. Yeah. yeah. Or you can realize that the greater purpose is the wellness of your children and therefore, you don't trash talk the other person and you help the other person when they need it and you go that extra little bit. And it's hard when there's some resentment and there's Mm -hmm. some anger and there's some Mm -hmm. hurt, right? But uh, you just, again, think about those beautiful children and their well-being. Well, and like, what's the alternative, right? Like they could, they could maybe not live out of a suitcase, but live in an unhappy home, right? right. You know, you kind of take the, you have to pick and choose, right? Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. I do think too, like on the resilience CPs though, I, Evie's counselor was telling me, and I think we do as adults, we get into that trap of being like, oh yeah, they're resilient and kids are resilient, but it, by, if we just say, oh, they're resilient, they'll get through it. Like they still have that. Maybe they will have some type of feeling about it or trauma about it. And that's okay too. And just to be like, oh, they're resilient, they'll get over it. That kind of like on some level Mm -hmm. brushes it aside. So she said to me, just make sure, yes, she's resilient, but this is going to be hard for her. Mm -hmm. Hold space for her. Make sure that if she is upset, you, you know, you're letting her Mm -hmm. do that because yes, they're resilient. She will get through it because she has to, but let's not put the big adult like 
they're so resilient, it's fine kind yeah. of scope on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. just assume, right? Yeah. yeah, I was listening to um, Dr. Jody Carrington the other oh, day, yes. and she was talking about how she is trying to implement a um, a mental awareness uh, campaign in schools. So it's about being preventative, like you said, um, and just really, she said, we're past the point of you know trying to even prevent it. We're now we're dealing with it, and so trying to implement this whole program in schools to first assess kids with mental health. Oh, wow. In any regard. Isn't that amazing? That is cool. We support you, Dr. Jordy Carrington. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on the podcast. We are right behind you. Well, and I think, again, the key is having an open communication relationship. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's why I call it the sex, drugs, and rock and roll talk. You know? <laughs> nice. Except for, I don't know. Except for uh, I leave the word sex out when I talk to my daughter. Okay, I was going to say. So you like, you leave that to mom because I, you know, yeah. I know I, I have no problem talking about like the things we talk about because I have twin girls mm-hmm. uh, going to be 11 in December. And, you know, like those talks are coming up, right? Like they're exploring, they're, they're spotting and she's like, I'm not ready for that yet. Uh, but yeah, my husband is kind of like, okay, that's your, like, you know, here, mm-hmm. here you go. Not that he wants to pass it off, but it's more uncomfortable for him yeah. to talk about these type of things. But they are pretty open. Like my kids will tell you. Mm-hmm. I may be in a everything. unique situation as a naturopathic doctor. Well, right. Right. Because yeah. I'm like, you want to learn about the menstrual cycle, babe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. She's like, no, <laughs> That's your man's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the clock. Here's estrogen. Yeah. Here's progesterone. Here's how we do it. You know? yeah. yeah. But that's really awesome to be able to do that with your kids. And as you said, that you're imparting all of that, you know, um, medicine wisdom on totally. them. Totally. Right. Yeah. cool. And um, yeah, I think you have to, like, when you said the sex, drug, and rock roll, like, I learned recently that you, we can't assume our kids, you know, I my I, I thought my kids, my two girls were not there yet. And then it's like, oh yeah, no, they're way there. <laughs> so it's almost like, yeah, yeah, the internet, thankfully, oh, yeah. like God love the internet is doing all the, you know, hard explaining for us. So now I find that I just have to be so open with them. And yeah, mm-hmm. even at yeah. 11 and 12, talk about things that maybe sure. I probably would not have right. preferred to. Yeah, because our parents didn't talk about Never. it, right? No, so, so but it's either mind. I'm going to yeah. teach them or, or the internet the is. Yeah. Who totally. said that to us? You have to teach your kids or the world will teach them. Okay. Well, Kareem. all Kareem. I remember is like, yes. if I wanted to see a naked woman, you would have to like steal your dad's dirty magazine, find it or go to a, like <laughs> go to the corner store. And yeah. now... It's access of information is at the at the hands of yeah. any child of any age. Yeah. So yeah. you better be having a conversation yeah. with your kids about pornography right. and sex because if you don't, what they're seeing on their phone is what they think is real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when did you start having that conversation? How old were your kids? It's, since they were born, kind of like it was just yeah. a conversation. Yeah. yeah. No, it's never like you got to one day and said, "Okay, we're going to start talking talk. about it." But when I knew, like. My older boys were coming of that age. I'm like, have you had sex yet? Have you smoked a joint yet? Are you drinking? Like straight right. up. Like no, again, no, not, no, 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 yeah. no, no. But it isn't like that. It's like, yeah. here's the truth. Because yeah. you're not getting in trouble. I'm just like, okay, make sure you're safe. Right? Yeah. Like, and I love that we can have that conversation. That's the coolest thing. There is mm-hmm. no, no. It's like the re it's real. Yeah. yeah. So have you had those conversations? Cause now you're, you know, uh, single parent, but when you were like, were you and your ex-wife on the same page as how to communicate with the communicate with the children about those type of things? I think so. Yeah. I think like I'm. A, she's very. She was very homebody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I prefer to sit on a couch and read a book. Whereas I was like, okay, I'm gonna go skiing and then I'm gonna go to the live music venue and dance and you know. Yeah. So we both had a little bit different flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I would say, again, I was raised in a household that had very much communication, so that was mine, whereas she was maybe a little bit less. Mm. But the the open the conversations were totally open and supported, nice. yeah. That's what I was going to ask you. How did you grow up? Did your, Was your family super close, like your your current family? My parents, I didn't realize till I was a little bit older um, how lucky I was to have um, parents that prioritized their kids. You mm. know, we were in a wealthy family, but my parents... You know, always made sure that we got to play the sports we needed, had the things we did, had nice clothes, and were loved, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but my dad being a counselor and a psychologist, you know, I never got I never got beat. I right. got guilt tripped. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very disappointed in you. Yeah. No, yeah. Disappointed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh man, my dad's disappointed. Yeah. Well, I'm just gonna stay home this weekend and try to like clean my room. Yeah. yeah so uh, I just remember when it clicked one day and I just went to my parents and I was like, man. And it was when I had Maximus, my first child. And I just went to them and I just was like, I love you and I thank you so much. And I realize now that actually your love was an exception not the rule mm. with some parent with a lot of parenting out there right so um so i definitely give kudos to my mom and dad for leading by example and mm. i think that's a big thing right like your kids are looking up to you so what are you doing how are you reacting to the world so yeah. i'm again trying to react to the world in a thoughtful manner um so that i'm setting an example for my children now mm. it's not always that way I was going to say, and my God, we have so much work to do. I know. Every time somebody comes, I'm like, oh, damn it, that's another thing to add on my list. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know. You just firm it out. Yeah. <laughs> my Sorry. life is also very colorful. Like, I, 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 I have very just, like, walks of life that I interact with. So my kids mm-hmm. get this, like, you know, crazy, like, uh, spectrum of people into their lives, <laughs> right? <laughs> but what I show them is, like, everybody's a good person. Like, yeah. we're not judging, you know, just because this person is a professional and that person's a biker or something. We we love them all and we treat them all with respect and kindness, right? Yeah. And then that's what we get back. Mm-hmm. And that's been my experience is, again, I think within my practice and within my life, I'm a very non-judgmental person. That's one of my practices. If I find myself judging, you know, I'm very aware of it and I can stop it right away and be like, hold on a second. Yeah. Like, that's what Lee says. I know. Yeah. <laughs> He's always like, I can get to the point now where I, it's not like judgment doesn't come up, but yeah. it's like you can control those thoughts, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Catch yourself. Self-aware. Yeah. That's yeah. what the belly breathing stuff does in the quiet mind is you become self-aware. And then if you're not aware, you can't change, right? Right. Okay, Dr. Brett, here's what I really want to know. Okay, let's really dun, get into dun, it here. Dun. So... We have heard a lot of female perspective of love after divorce and dating after divorce. I want to hear the male perspective. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. Now, are you, are you in a relationship? Are you dating? What does that look like? Are you self-conscious like women are? What? Get into it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not sugarcoat no it. Sugarcoat no sugarcoat it. it. So uh, what's that like? I'm okay. with four kids. Yeah. Well, you know what? I realized, so my sexiest feature is my relationship with my children. That's what I've noticed, you know? Because definitely, um, you know, I have a few features that that women seem to be attracted to. I think, you know, uh, you know, being successful in having a good job, being a doctor has some allure. Yeah. Standing upright in a full set of teeth is always helpful too. Yeah, yeah, standing upright, <laughs> having a teeth. You know, I take care of myself physically. Yeah. Um, I'm not hard on the eyes. Right. So those are those are nice. But what I've realized is most women that I meet, they're attracted to the fact that I'm a good provider and a good 
father. Yeah, so, stability. So I thought that might have been not an asset, but actually that's my biggest <laughs> asset, right? There you go. Um, you know what? At the end of my marriage, I was a broken human. I mm. am fueled by love. You give me love and I'm going to give you the world. And I wasn't getting that. And for a long time, I, you know, was not myself. Mm. And so when I came out of my marriage, did I say sex, drugs, and rock and roll? So my first relationship, you know, who, you know, she might be listening to this and I appreciate her. Um, was fantastic because it was like all this like affection and love and connection happened. And I just like, was like, oh yeah, I forgot who I was. Mm -hmm. Here I am. I'm freaking rad. Yeah. And so that was great, but that could only last so long. And then, um, you know, then I spun into a different direction with a different woman and we were much more homebody and like, you know, COVID happened and COVID was like actually a saving grace for me because because uh, I not that I'm a wild man, but I'm like, I like to be out there and, and giving her and doing all the things. And I had just recently become a, a single dad of four kids. I needed to like dial it back. So COVID showed me I could be okay just chilling out at home, mm. you know, and I, cause I have four kids. It was like never a dull moment. Yeah. I have a live in entourage, right? <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Yeah. And because we're so close, we're having fun all the time. We were like, man, does this COVID thing have to go away? <laughs> I think a lot of people felt uh, like that. I was like, aside you're like from people dying pants? and stuff, I, I thought COVID was like, the world took a pause. It did take like, a pause. Oh, it's the amen. first time in my life that we're all thinking about the same thing globally, mm. which I thought was kind of neat. Kinda, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, and then... You know, and then I went into another relationship. They're all been like decent amount of time, you know, like I am not that guy that can go out and like date four different people. I'm yeah. like, I'm picky, number one, to, I want to love on somebody, you know, like the sex part's great, but I want to like spoil you. I'm a romantic. I'm going to light candles. I'm going to bring you flowers. I'm going to take you over to the nicest dinners. I want to go lay on the beach. Like, and that's on Bumble Bumble. <laughs> We're reading his true profile. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get the real bio. On. Woo -woo. I don't even know what Bumble Bumble is. <laughs> what is it called? Bumble? Just Bumble? I think it's, it's Bumble. Bumble. I don't oh, there's know. There's so many now. Yeah. I don't even know. So, so I went on Tinder once. <laughs> yeah. For about an, machine? about an hour. <laughs> for an hour. <laughs> right? Swipe so this is, like, this is before I got like separate, fully separated. I was just so mad at my ex. We were already like sleeping in other beds and I... I was like, I heard about this thing. I'm just going to go on this. So I go on. I like put on some pictures of me. I started looking at pictures. I don't know the swipe left, swipe right thing. So I'm swiping them all. Like I like them all. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And then I get to, this is at like four in the morning or five in the morning. And then I get to work and I go to my office manager. I'm like, hey, I'm on Tinder. Da, da, da. And she looks at it and she looks at me and she's. Open it up for me, Brandon. <laughs> scrolls down. She delete. <laughs> She's like, you still live with your wife. You got to delete that. Yeah. I was like, oh, thank you. So that, oh, you're probably not the only person on Tinder that still lives with their wife, though, Brad. <laughs> oh no, I'm sure. But it was that was my that was my online dating experience. Yeah, and there I you haven't, go. I haven't had a need, I guess, to go back. But yeah. So anyway, I'm like. So why, where do you find these women if it's not on that? Well, right now, it you was, know. Really, it was it was. 
most of it was online. <laughs> like it was on Instagram. That people is talking so to refreshing because I've got so many clients that will say, oh, I can't go online. I'm like, how the hell else are you going to meet people? That's how people are doing it these days, right? Yeah. You just and don't so, have to do it as a dating site. It can yeah. be on other social media platforms, I guess. Yeah, that's true. So tell me this because you sound like, you know, you're great on paper. I don't know you really well. <laughs> And I, all, again, therapist, client, relationships. Uh, I've got like literally 60 women looking for a man exactly like you. So tell me, what do you think is going on with all these other men that are like, what do you think goes through their head? You know Give what? us the inside I track. Have, I have no clue, to be honest. I'm like, but I think the same thing. I'm like, dude, why are you such a loser? Like, <laughs> yeah. what are you doing wrong? Like, all I have to do is be a little bit better than the last guy. Yeah, truly. Yeah. And I'm way better than most guys because yeah. I care. And I don't know if it's like my feminine balance part or my caring, like naturing dad part, but like light a freaking candle, bro. Like yeah. watch what watch what happens. How about just like, show what do we do up? a podcast yeah. called Dating Tips by Dr. Brett? Oh, yeah, I yeah. think so, we could that could yeah. be a whole thing. Oh man. Yeah. Sure. You know what? I feel like I don't even know. I just like honestly <laughs> oh, I look and I'm just like I just feel like guys most guys um are just not in touch with themselves probably yeah. and that's why they can't figure it out for somebody else whereas yeah. I'm like totally comfortable with who I am and yeah. I want to share it right yeah. I think the vulnerability piece I yeah. find like um men were they're taught not to be vulnerable so now mm -hmm. you know coming back into uh oh my phone hello mm -hmm. uh you know the dating world it is not only they've been hurt you know, mm -hmm. both sides have been hurt. Mm -hmm. They haven't been quite vulnerable. And now going in, they shut down even more. Where this is the time where you need to be more vulnerable, mm -hmm. find out who you truly are, what you really want, mm -hmm. and then show up that way as well. Yeah. The hard thing when you're, I guess, a guy like me though too, is I'm pretty sensitive, mm -hmm. right? So if I get toyed with... I get hurt mm -hmm. and it's hard because I, cause I put it all out there always. Mm -hmm. So that's the challenge is, um, you know, exactly opening up and allowing yeah. yourself to be vulnerable. I think guys are sensitive. I would argue that some men are more sensitive than women. I feel. I, I think so too. And I think what happens is they're not all as brave as you are to put themselves out there. Yeah, I think it, there's a lot of them with walls up and then think they're out there dating but they don't want to put themselves out there. And yeah. then these poor women are like, well, are you in or are you in the way? Right? <laughs> a lot of them are in the way. Well, that's why, like, again, I look at my separation and I look at what's happening in my our age group right now, and it's usually the woman leaving the man. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's like, I don't know what's going on there, but, like, the grass ain't greener, right? Yeah. But it seems that to be that way, right? And so I remember with my last girlfriend as I was like, before we got into it, um, I remember her telling me, yeah, the dating scene here is really hard. And I was like, well, why is that? Like, I think, again, it's perception, but I feel like I don't know if I've been lucky or just picky. But I, if I find a good person, like I said, I want to, like, be one-on-one. -on -one, whereas I also am realizing as I'm dating is, like, there's this other generation a little bit younger than us, which seems to be the generation I've been dating. <laughs> <laughs> swinger, swinger. <laughs> and, uh, and it's like some of the value system there is actually not very good. And it's like, uh, actually, honesty is really important, yeah. you know, and, um, you know, doing what you say is really important to me. And not only am I like really smart, 
but I'm also an empath and I'm very connected. So when things are not lining up, I feel that shit, you know, and it affects me. And, you know, I'm really, really, really nice and kind until Until you're not, until I'm not. (laughs) And then I can be equally opposite, you know? So what I seem to notice again, from my long list of clients in my therapy sessions uh, and just girlfriends that are dating is that men don't want to do the work anymore. They don't, they're like chivalry is very, like hardly there. And what I feel like is that there's plenty of women that don't have the value system, like you said, that are maybe, you know, will tolerate less or, you know, give up more for less, right? So then men get used to that. And then when there is a woman that commands more or has some self-respect, he's like, peace, I'm out. I'm going to go find somebody that doesn't have any self-respect. Could be. I think the problem, <laughs> do you know what I think the true problem of many relationships Tell today me. is? It's called the cell phone yeah. and validation through social media, people that aren't real. Yeah. And so all of a sudden you got all these likes. Again, like when you're, if you're in a relationship and you're DMing with other people inappropriately, that's cheating. Truly. Okay. If you're deleting messages because you don't want your partner to see them, that's cheating. Like you, I demand respect and loyalty and you don't have to go sleep with somebody necessarily, but if you're like... If you're with someone in a committed relationship, but yet you're flirting with all these other dudes or all these other girls on your phone, you're putting a big divide in that relationship. You're making it not work. So what happens is now you get in a fight with your real partner and you're like, well, screw you. I'm just going to go over here where all these guys or girls are telling me I'm beautiful and awesome and they want to date me. So I'm out. Yeah, and telling me I'm beautiful and awesome, my filtered self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like there's there's lots of people think the grass is greener, but they're looking at people on social media that aren't don't even look like themselves. And it's Mm -hmm. like these, and it's like the people think because it's in secret on the phone that it's okay. Yeah, but it's not. And again, if if you're in a relationship, there's energy there. Like there's things that people can't see, right? Yeah, which creates a bond, and that bond gets broken by. I'm going to call it phone infidelity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's emotional, right? Yeah. Like, so yeah. that's the thing, the physical, I like, I, so I did some reading and it said that men, uh, is it, for men, it's worse if it's a physical cheating by the woman. Yes. But for women, it's the emotional. You don't have mm-hmm. to go and have sex with somebody, but if you are emotionally invested with somebody else, that kills the women, the woman yeah. and yeah. you know, the self-esteem and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's two types of cheating. Yeah. Um, and I find that women, because they want that connection yeah. and if you don't have that, you know, then you're it, seeking it, that. It, you're seeking that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the other thing to your question is too, is like, um, if we're going to go in the traditional male and female roles yeah. and you want me to be this rad provider, that's buying dinner and opening the door and do that then I also kind of have some values and, and um, expectations of my woman, you know, that she's not going out to strip clubs and dressing up and getting drunk and taking, accepting drinks from other men and doing those things like, you know, and so it's not that I'm trying to be controlling or telling them what to do. I'm just saying, Hey, if you want to be my woman and I'm going to treat you like the queen, yeah. I want to be treated like the king and I have expectations and standards too. Yeah. I think the communication is key yeah. is like laying out your expectations and then, you know, your values need to align. Yeah. And yeah. I think the hard part is when you're in love with somebody and there's some, and there's friction in there and you're like yeah. kind of letting, letting your boundaries be breached. And right. I've yeah. been trapped by that too, where I'm like, Oh man, I'm, 
I want this person so bad, but they keep breaching my boundaries. Yeah. And I'm feeling angry and I'm feeling frustrated and I'm not myself. But why do they not respect? Why are they not respecting? Yeah. If you've made your boundaries clear and they are not, that's total disrespect. I'm going through this right now with a girlfriend of mine who like, and sometimes when you're in it, you know, she's so in it that she can't see that his boundaries being broken, right? But it's like, he's he's got this other female friend. Yeah. And it's like, I'm like, dude, that is so inappropriate. But you can't see it when you're in it, right? But yeah. it's like, she's made her, her boundaries very clear. And when someone's not respecting them, then yeah, you're kind of like, there's no other option. Right? Right? And, and especially when they think they're disrespecting him again in private. Yeah. Yeah. But the reality is, again, that energy is felt. And like, yeah. depending on the relationship and also the situation, you know, um, it is pretty, I, I think of it as like a disloyalty. Yeah. I mean, depends, right? Like you you can't, like I had guy friends that were really close friends when I met Lee and I would go, you know, have lunch and whatever. We worked together and all that, but we were strictly friends. Mm-hmm. So I think there is room to to have friendships yeah. that are of opposite sex because that's when the trust comes in. Yes. Because if you don't trust your partner, then that's where the breakdown is. It's not yeah. because they're friends with a, a female or a male. It's because the, the trust isn't isn't there. No, I agree. But I think in this situation what was happening was the other female was yeah. overriding what well, this then, so yeah. There's, yeah, there's, there's, yeah, so yeah. there's boundaries, yeah. right? Yes. It's just like you know I would yeah. say it's very rare for a man to not somewhat be interested in a female. Okay, I was so gonna ask you that. Can I men believe, have female I don't friends? Think so. I've heard that. I disagree. I think that most men are waiting for an opportunity. Yeah. You know, and there can be some August, but there has to be again some real strict guidelines around it. But like if it's an old boyfriend or an old girlfriend, I don't think so. I think most men are friends with women because they have some sort of energetic connection. There. Now we're talking. This is yeah. candid talk, dun, girls. Dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. You know, I've seen tests where they get on the phone and they go, okay, well, let me text Buddy. Okay. Your best, your buddy who had, there's no energy, no energy there. And you text and you're like, oh, Dr. Brett isn't treating me right anymore. And I've, I've always kind of had a bit of crush on you. What do you think? And right away, ding. Okay. So there you go. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So I believe too that, um, you know, there should always, there needs to be the trust. But yeah. the thing is, is when trust is broken, Number one, it's very hard to get back. That's what I've learned about myself. Like mm-hmm. if I catch you being dishonest to me or some, man, I'm trying, but it's hard to get that back because if you lied straight to my face yeah, after I treated you so well, it's like, how do I know you're not lying again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you need to, I think, to get the trust back, you need to go over and above. Yeah. So that's when you go, okay, I love you so much. I really willing to make some changes and I'll make sure I do these things to get that back. Yeah. But, uh, but over and above. Like it's got to be over yeah. and above to yeah. regain the trust. Yeah. And if that can't happen, it's like, how do you trust the person again? Like I, my saying is, sorry is not the magic word. Yeah. And love is not a word. It's an action. Yeah. So you love somebody through your actions, not by saying, I love you. Yeah. And you don't regain trust because you say, I'm God, sorry for doing that. Bumper sticker. Right? <laughs> you have to. You have to show your sorry by... Proving yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the hard part is because you can, you can love somebody and, you know, it be 
not the right chemistry. Yeah. And that's hard. Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys, we could we oh, go going packed. We ended on that heavy yeah, note. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, okay, wait, well, wait. So oh. we usually rapid fire it up. So, okay, tell us about a time in parenthood. If you could go back and be like, shit, maybe I would rework that and do it a little differently. Do you have one of those moments? Oh, I dropped my baby on its head. No, it's joking. <laughs> No, like a real moment. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? I I can't actually think of one. I feel like no regrets. Everything's kind of went as is. No, no big ones. Cool. Um, okay. So what do you think one of the biggest, I know you've learned many, but one of the biggest lessons you've learned from your kids has been? You don't get if you don't ask. Mm. So don't be afraid to ask. Mm -hmm. Nice. And anything's possible. I like it. Okay. And then if you could go tell like, you know, young you or like someone who's just about to be a new parent, one piece of advice, what would it be? To the new parents? Yeah. Um, You know, all you need is love and just love on that kid and everything else is going to work out. Nice. Mm. All right. Well, that this was, was so fun. fun. You, Thank first you for coming. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers, to that. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah. Thank Next you. time I'll bring tequila. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Till we meet again. Till we meet again. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Now we want to hear from you. So tell us what's going on in your world. What's what's working, what's not working, how we can support you. What are some good topics? And don't forget to follow us at Let's Not Sugarcoat It Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time. Bye. Bye. See you.